Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. God, would you just get real still with me just for a moment? Oh, Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your holy presence. Thank you for the freedom that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the victory that's ours. Thank you for the eternal hope of glory (laughs) that wells up within us as we sing your holy praise. Father, bless us now. Give me the words and give us ears to hear the word of God. And bless it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to begin by reading several scriptures to you that you'll be familiar with, but it helps to read these three verses together. Mark 10.27, and and we'll pull these up on the screen, but uh, I sure hope you'll write these scriptures down and visit them again after the service. Mark 10.27 says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Luke 18, 27. But he said the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And then Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. Now, every now and then I hear somebody say, the reason I don't read the Bible is because it's just too hard to understand. Friends, there's nothing about that that's hard to understand. Our God is an all-powerful God. With him, nothing is impossible. And all that God is capable of doing comes into our grasp through belief and His sovereign will. I want to ask you this morning, do we really believe that God can do the impossible? Do we really believe that? Do you really believe that if you believe, all things are possible? Because that's exactly what these verses tell us. That nothing is impossible with God, and if we will believe in Him and put our faith and trust in Him, that at least we enter the realm of all things being possible. Now, I know as well as you do that all of that is subject to the sovereignty and the will of God. But I like living in a place where I know that God can do and move and work and perform according to His will. And sometimes He may say no, but praise God, many times He says yes. 
Today I want to talk to you on the subject, it's time to believe again. It's time to believe again. And friends, it is easier than you might think to start off in the Christian life excited, enthusiastic, pumped up, believing that all things are possible, believing in the miraculous, and then through the years, almost without knowing it, to drift into a lifestyle of unbelief. I've known quite a few Christians, and I've experienced it before in my own life, where I had to wake up one morning and find that I had drifted downward into unbelief. And so today I'm praying that God will stir up belief in this house. That by the time you leave here today, you'll be encouraged to believe that nothing is impossible with God, that God can do all things according to His will, and that He wants us to believe in Him, and He wants us to experience what only He can do. I want to begin by sharing with you a little story. Some years ago, I received an invitation to go up to Georgia and preach at a preacher's meeting. Just be a a large group of preachers, and I would be the featured speaker, and I would preach to these preachers. Now, I was honored. Man, that's a great honor to be a preacher and for someone to ask you to come and preach to the preachers. But it also made me real nervous. Because what do you say to a group of people who think they know everything? (laughs) No, I'm serious. What do you say to a group of people that if you insult their spirituality, or you insinuate that there's something they do not know, they will turn on you in a heartbeat. I'm saying it's amazing to me that preachers, I'm talking about us preachers, that we spend our lives telling people what's wrong with them, but if somebody dare steps up to the plate and tells us what's wrong with us, oh, there's trouble. There's trouble in the village. And I, I tell you, I'm serious when I tell you this. I pray, I fear it has happened before, but I pray that that will never be the case with your pastors here at River of Life. Well, anyway, I knew my assignment. I knew what I had to do. I was excited and fearful at the same time. But I took it seriously, and I got before the Lord, and I prayed, and I spent time with the Lord, and finally I got a word from the Lord for that situation, that God wanted me to preach to them and minister to them around the subject, the power of God, the miracles of God, the signs and wonders that God can and does perform. And that my assignment was that I was to give them some illustrations on how God works, how He maneuvers, when He shows up, when He does what He does. And then I was to, in a very gentle way, confront them about their unbelief. And it was such a clear word from the Lord, I was just tremendously excited about it. And I knew where I was going. My message to them 
would be this. Do you really believe and are you seeing the power of God at work in your daily lives? Are strange and wonderful and miraculous things taking place around you for which there is no other answer but God? God's doing it. Man, I was ready. I was all fired up. I was excited. And I got there, and I guess my enthusiasm got the best of me. And I came on a little bit too strong. And they did not receive it well. Now, I'm, that is an understatement. They did not receive it well. There was not one amen in the house. There was not one person smiling. It was dead in that place. And, and, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not. My preachers in the house will know what I'm talking about. But there is something that I don't quite understand. But when a man of God stands up and delivers the Word of God and the people of God receive it, it releases a positive spiritual energy in the house. And it just keeps coming back to you. And the more it comes back, the stronger you get and the easier it is to preach the Word of God. And that's why some churches, and you're one of them, some churches will just preach you to death. Because they just jump in there with you. They're receiving it. They're on board 100%. But the opposite is true. When God's man delivers God's Word and the people don't receive it, it releases kind of a negative energy in the house. And it gets heavy. It gets thick. And it gets harder and harder to preach. Can I tell you that that day with all those preachers, it was nothing but negative energy in that house. Boy, it was bad. And, and I got to tell you, we were all in agreement about this. They wanted me out of there, and I wanted out of there. I, I could not wait to get in my car and get away from those folks. And when I got in my car, I felt like a failure. Now, I've since learned better, but that was a long time ago now. I felt like a failure. How many of you know that when you do and say what God tells you to say, regardless of how anybody responds, you are not a failure? And when you do what God tells you to do, and you say what He tells you to say, most of the time, it will not be received by everyone. Somebody will be offended. Somebody will be hurt. Somebody will be upset. Well, I left feeling like a failure. And then a few days after, I received word that one preacher, one preacher out of that whole group, heard the word. Got under conviction about his own unbelief. He told me that he was Upset, He was a little bit offended, but at the same time he was convicted. And by the time he got home, he realized that he had been preaching the Word and ministering for years in unbelief and there was nothing going on around him that could be labeled a miracle from God. And on top of that, his wife had been sick for a number of years with a chronic physical problem. He said he went home that very night 
walked into the bedroom, turned the light on. His wife was in bed. He said, get up. She, she was startled. She said, what's wrong? He said, you've got to get up. I've got to talk to you. And he told his wife. This is what he said to his wife. He said, I heard somebody preach tonight. And I got confronted by the Holy Spirit that I've been living and teaching and preaching in unbelief. And I want to apologize to you. I've already repented before God for my unbelief. But he said, right now I'm full of belief. And he said to his wife, I'm going to lay hands on you and the power of God is going to course through your body and you're going to be healed this night because when we believe, all things are possible. He laid hands on his wife and he prayed for her and she was instantly healed. And she glorified God in her healing. I want to ask you a question. Would you be willing... To be rejected by 99 if one person found their way to the glory of God. You see, that's what we've got to come to grips with. Now, that's not the situation here today. But that is the situation out there. That, that we believe God. We speak on His behalf. And there may be dozens who look down their, their noses at us and think we're crazy and weird. But then there's that one person that hears. Oh my goodness. I ask you today, do you really believe? I'm asking you, are you seeing the power of God in and around your family? Are strange and wonderful and miraculous things taking place in your life, family, and in this church? You see, friends, that's what we should be seeing. Jeremiah 32, 26 and 27 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I... i tell you what, I want you to read this with me. We'll start with the word behold. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That's what God asked Jeremiah. Jeremiah knew the right answer. There's nothing too hard for God. Nothing too hard for Him. Oh, friends, God is an almighty God. All things are possible through Him. We need to ask ourselves this question. Is there anything too hard for God? And we need to answer it in our hearts. And we need to start living like nothing is too hard for Him. Nothing is out of range for Him. Nothing is impossible with Him. And it is our faith in Him that brings us into a world where all things are possible. My wife and I were young. God had called us into the ministry and we were preparing for the ministry. I was taught the moment I accepted the call into the ministry that a, that a call into the ministry was a call to prepare I wasn't left any option. I was told if you're going to be a preacher, if you're going to pastor churches, you've got to go off and go to school. A call to the ministry is a call to prepare. So we started the journey, and it was tough. And I went to Florida Baptist Theological College, and uh, same place Chuck graduated from. And, and I went there for three years and graduated with a, a degree in theology. But the Lord spoke to my heart and told me that 
I had to take another step, and so did Chuck. Uh, but anyway, uh, I felt led of the Lord to go out to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and go to William Carey College. And there I uh, got a, a minor in Bible and theology and a major in psychology. That explains a lot about what, <laughs> what's wrong with me, right? I used to tease about. I used to tease about it. I used to tell people it took me three years to get it and three years to get over it. And so, uh, but anyway, I did learn a lot in my psychological studies that that blessed me. But here's the problem: we went to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and we did not have the means to go. Beth and I had two little babies, and we moved out there. We we couldn't pay the bills. We were out on faith. And friends, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this. I, I wish I could shout it until it becomes a part of who you are. When God guides you and leads you most of the time, you won't have it figured out. But if you'll get out on faith, the God who can do anything according to His will, the God who moves in the impossible, He will make a way. There's an old song, our God's a way maker. He can make a way. Well, we got out to Hattiesburg and we didn't know. I'm serious. We were praying. And, uh, and I believe that scripture where David said, uh, uh, I've been young, now I'm old, but yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed beg bread. I, didn't, I don't believe we ought to have to beg. I believe we trust God. So my wife and I, we prayed hard. We did not know what we were going to do. And I have to tell you, I was nervous. And we made a decision, and we thought it was a random decision to start with. We made a decision to go to Main Street Baptist Church. It was a large church in Hattiesburg, probably running about a thousand in attendance. But we thought, we'll go there. And we got to Main Street Baptist Church that first Sunday. And we were walking down a hallway. I'm looking back at my wife. She remembers this. And there was a man, stately man, in the church, and he walked up to us and he, he said, Welcome to Main Street. He didn't ask us if it was our first time. He, he just immediately said, Welcome to Main Street. I'm glad you're here. God's going to bless you in this church. And he reached out and he shook my hand. And when he did, I felt something in the palm of my hand. I, I didn't know a lot, but I knew that meant something. And I said, thank you. And I very graciously slipped it in my pocket. He said, welcome. Walked off. And I did what any real spiritual young man would do. <laughs> I ran to the bathroom, went in a, <laughs> went in a stall, and I got that. I, got, I looked at it. It was $50. How many of you remember when $50 would do more than just fill your car up with gas? Man, on $50, you could fill your car up with gas. You could buy some groceries. You could go out to eat. You could live on $50 for a week. Whew. Man. My wife and I decided we'd start attending Main Street. <laughs> Boy, we had a smile the whole week. And I'm not making this up. The next Sunday, I thought, okay, because I didn't know his name. I'd, I'd never seen this guy before. I don't know why he gave me the money. Well, I mean, I do now. 
because God was leading him. But I thought, I'm going to find that guy and, and I'm going to tell him how much I appreciate it and I'm going to thank him. And I looked everywhere and I couldn't find him. And then I started thinking maybe he was an angel. But I'd never heard of an angel giving anybody $50. So, so I kept looking and finally I found him. And I walked up to him. I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I walked up to him and I just had this smile. And I said, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. And he said, oh, son, you're welcome. He said, I just want to tell you, it's good to have you at Main Street. And he shook my hand and I felt something in my hand. I'm thinking this, this is too good to be true. I put it in my pocket, made a beeline to the bathroom, went in the stall, opened it back up. It was $50. Before I got, I, this is, before we got off the church property, I saw him again. I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is what he said. He said, oh yeah, there's one other thing. I want to invite you to my Bible study class. I'm a teacher at this church. And I'm thinking, you give me $50 a week? We're there. We'll be there early. What do you need? I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm there. And I got to tell you, he didn't do it every Sunday, but this guy had a knack under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When there was a need, there was a supply. Amen. So, and, and this is, this, this story just keeps going. So, after church, second or third Sunday, my wife and I, I love steak. Don't you just like a good, medium, rare ribeye? Come on, tell me the truth. Come on, I don't care what the doctors say. There's some things worth getting to heaven a little bit sooner. I like a good, medium, rare ribeye steak. There was a steakhouse in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. If you were ever there, you've probably seen it. It's called the Wagon Wheel Restaurant. The Wagon Wheel Steakhouse. So we went to the steakhouse. By the way, we had money. We, we had money then. So we went and I said, I'm going to get me a ribeye. So we went and we sat down in that restaurant. I'm not joking you. A man I'd never seen before looked at me, looked at me two or three times, got up, walked over, sat down by me. And he said, welcome. You knew? I said, yes. He said, you're going to school here? I said, yes. He said, are you a preacher boy? I said, yes. He said, well... I'm glad to have you in my restaurant. And he said, uh, I'm going to take care of your meal. And I said, wow, man, this, this, is, this is getting good. By the way, serving God is good, folks. <laughs> this, he, said, he said, I'm going to take care of your meal. But he said, not just today. I want to buy you a meal next Sunday. He said, after church, why don't you come eat with me? He said, but we're not going to be eating on the main floor. We'll be eating down in the cellar. He said, you'll meet my wife. His name was Kenneth. Her name, Marinelle. Kenneth and Marinelle Cook. He said, we're going to meet down in the cellar and we'll have a private meal down there. Next Sunday, we couldn't wait to get back. We got down in the cellar. I'm not joking. There's 20 people down there. He had preachers lined up in their families. I don't know, four or five preachers. And that's what he did. He fed preachers. He blessed preachers. He adopted us. And he and his wife... He and his wife took care of us the whole time while we were there in Hattiesburg. They gave us, they gave us gifts. They gave my children presents. They, they just lavished us at Christmas time. They, uh, man, they just, 
They blessed us. They blessed us. And, and I, I got to tell you, I, I, couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. There was never a time in my life up to that point where I, I stood amazed in the presence of what God was able to do. I'm trying to encourage you today, friends, to believe God, to believe God can do the impossible, and to believe that if you step out on faith, God will meet you at the point of your faith. I, one other thing about Kenneth and Marinelle, I embarrassed myself a little bit. I went out to their farm. By the way, they were very wealthy, very blessed people. They went to Reagan's inaugural ball, I found out later. But they took us out to their farm and they looked at a, They were showing us a horse. And I remember saying, I said, how much does a horse like this cost? Because they would raise horses and sell horses. And he said, 15. I said, you mean to tell me somebody would pay $1,500 for a horse like this? He said, oh, no, this horse is $15,000. I said, okay, all right, I'm, I'm out of my league. But you understand that God has people out there who are obedient, who will follow His commands and follow His teachings, and God will bless you and take care of you. And by the way, God wants some of us to be the givers. Those who are blessed, He wants us to be the givers. Now, friends, I want to tell you, I love saying this. Of all the, all the little statements I make, this is my favorite one. God's not broke. He's not even on hard times. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And He can do as He pleases. And I want you to know that you and I should expect great things from God. We should attempt great things for God. And we should as we attempt them, expect to see great things for the glory of God. Oh, friends, friends, we serve a mighty God. We, we, we serve a, a mighty God. Now, let me, I, I, I have so many of these, I don't even know where to, where to stop, but I have to give you one more. When I was a little boy, During a prayer meeting, I saw an angel. I actually saw him and heard him walk into a room. I heard his footsteps on the floor. He wasn't floating. He wasn't hovering. He wasn't flying. But I saw an angel walk into a room. I heard his footsteps. He walked like a man. He looked like a man. He dressed like a man. Everything about him was the appearance of a man, with one exception. His clothing was totally white from head to toe. This man, and at the time I didn't know it was an angel, but I do now. But this man walked over to my grandfather and stood by his bedside. My grandfather, who was expected to die at any minute, who had been sent home from the hospital to die. And that's what the prayer meeting was all about. This angel leaned over and kissed my grandfather. And my grandfather, after that prayer meeting, got up off of his bed, completely and miraculously healed, and lived many years after that without a hint of the sickness. God, 
I, 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 don't, I don't want to insult you, but when did we stop believing in God? You say, oh, I believe in God. When did we stop believing in miracles? When? You see, you see, friends, God is an all-powerful, almighty God. And, and, and we, need to, we need to believe. I, I think I have another scripture here I want to, I want to read to you. Here it is. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. You see, friends, God can do anything according to His will. He can meet your needs physically. He can meet your needs financially. God can meet your needs. I didn't make that up. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Wow. Now... Here's another one I want us to think about. Matthew 13, 58. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Do you understand that Jesus did miracles everywhere, but when he was in Nazareth, <clears throat> he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You see, friends, here's what the devil wants. The devil wants you to believe but not too much. The devil wants you to pray, but not expect anything to happen. The devil wants you to obey, but not to the point of being uncomfortable. In fact, the devil wants you to believe that miracles are not important, they're not necessary, and we shouldn't even be concerned about miracles. Uh, Maybe even one step beyond that. The devil wants you to believe that people who do believe in miracles, people who do pray for miracles, and people who believe that God can move in and do mighty miracles, that they're weird and off balance and crazy and eccentric. He wants you to be judgmental of those people. But here's the problem. This is the problem now. And that is that when God shows up, His presence always brings with it the endless possibilities of an almighty God. An almighty God. Have you ever ever seen one of those signs? Well, before I I go there, let me just share this with you. I know somebody's probably going to walk up to me and say, I don't think we should pursue miracles and I don't don't think all that's important. I don't think that should be the pursuit that we should have. And I will agree with you 100%. I don't think we should necessarily seek after miracles. I think we should seek after the miracle worker. I think we should seek for the presence of God. But you can't have one without the other. When He shows up, His power comes with it. His Spirit comes. The mighty, miraculous things of God come with it. Do you know why? Because God wants to do in our midst things for which no man can take the credit for. We have to say God did it. Now, back to my my sign. Have you ever seen one of those signs that says, Warning, 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 caution, caution, caution. That's to alert us. To make us pay attention. Did you know that there's one of those in the Bible? The Bible tells us that in the last days, this is a warning sign. 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. 
The Bible warns us, this is a warning, that in the last days, there will be those individuals in churches that have all the form and formality and structure of godliness. All the, all the parts will be in place. The form will be there. They'll have it all right, except one thing. They deny the power of God. They don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in the supernatural power of God. They don't believe in signs and wonders and miracles. And I think what I'm about to share with you is one of the strongest statements you'll ever find in the Word of God. Look at the last part of that verse. And from such people say it. The Bible tells us we, we should even try to avoid associating with people who have the form of godliness, but they don't believe in the power of God. That's how important this is. Oh, this is, this is important. Do you really believe? Are you seeing the power of God in your own life? Are strange and wonderful and miraculous things taking place around you for which the only explanation is God? That, that amazing things happen? I'm just telling you, that's the way it is when we serve God. And God wants us to walk in faith. God wants us to take courage and to walk in faith. Well, one of my favorite uh, little poems that I memorized 40 years ago but this, this poem makes more sense than I think in any other poem I've ever uh, put to memory in my life. Here's the way it goes. If a man would be a soldier, he'd expect, of course, to fight. And he couldn't be an author if he didn't try to write. If a man would be a hunter, he must go among the trees. And he couldn't be a sailor if he didn't sail the seas. So it isn't common logic, doesn't have a real true ring, that a man to be a Christian doesn't have to do a thing. But that's what we're preaching today. I want you to listen to me, friends. If you want salvation, there's something you have to do. If you want to walk with God, there's something you have to do. If you want to experience the power of God in your life and family and church, there's something you have to do. You can't have salvation. You can't have a walk with God. You can't have the miraculous unless you're willing to do this. There's something you have to do. And here it is. You have to believe. And without it, you can walk down this aisle and go through the motions, but no salvation. You can discipline yourself to come to church every now and then and go through the motions, but you're not really in the family of faith. And you can hear other people testify of the miraculous, but it'll never happen around you. You have to believe. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? I don't know. Just do it. Go after God. Make up your mind that you're going to believe in God. And you're going to trust God. Tell you, He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. He's a mighty God. Is anything too hard for God? Can God do the impossible? 
All things are possible to those who believe. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.